Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 249th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing great, Cameron. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Um, man, it feels like it's been a while since I've seen you. Has it? Only one week? It's been a week. Man. That's too long. I know. We just got to get together more often. I agree. All right, we'll set something up. Um, what have you been up to? Me? Nothing. Working, chasing Olivia around. It's a busy time of year. Yeah. For you? Yeah. Yep, the old campground's busy. Yeah. Beautiful uh, weather. Yeah. Humidity's been down like that. Pool has been crystal clear. Love that. Knock on wood. That continues. It's camping weather. Yeah. Good campfire weather, absolutely. Uh, Kyle, what are we going to talk about this week? We are going to talk about new Mizzou football quarterback commit, the new football schedule for 2024. It's a big deal. And a little bit of basketball talk. So um, before we get into all that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review wherever you listen to us. And, of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Uh, Kyle, did you watch uh, much of the NBA Finals? I did a little bit. Um, I watched more of the conference finals, probably. I think we had a little bit, a little bit better games. Yeah, but the Nuggets just steamrolled everybody, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. Mizzou made NBA champion. He had a much better uh, Western Conference Finals than NBA Finals. They kind of won the championship despite him. Didn't need him. Yeah. Uh, his three-point shooting was really good in the conference finals, and he was definitely an asset offensively. And then in the finals, he was like three for 20 from three or something. Yeah. It was not great shooting. I still don't think he looks as explosive as I feel like he could have been. Yeah. Like, I, he was genuinely, like even bef- well before... I knew he was coming to Missouri, so I was not like super biased about it. Mm-hmm. Just genuinely one of the most impressive high school tapes I feel like I've ever seen. He was just, he was so explosive. And he still has that, but I think he's found a way to be, to, to contribute without, you know, like in different ways. And yeah. he shoots a lot. He's yeah. a great shooter. Yeah. Wasn't in the finals. No. <laughs> but usually is. Just good scorer in general yeah and uh sure helps when you have the mvp of the league on your team who's like putting up yeah 20 point 20 rebound triple doubles <laughs> yeah just insane regularly. like passer to from like the inside out incredible and are you i have you seen him like on social media and stuff i'm a little bit worried about uh jokic is that how you pronounce his name jokic jokic i don't know I'm a little bit worried about him. I think he might be like depressed or something. He might have the melancholy. Because, yeah, he's not very excited. I get like, uh, you know, playing in the NBA is just a job for these guys after all, but uh, he doesn't seem very excited about any of this. He's just ready to go home, man. Yeah, that's true. He, like, he wasn't even not hiding it at all. Yeah. Like it was almost like he was playing it up on purpose though. That's what I was wondering. Is, is this... that a, like a European thing or where, I don't even know where he's from. Maybe. Is that where they just like, yeah, we don't care about it as much as you crazy Americans. That could be. And maybe his priorities are just more in line with, <laughs> uh, you know, how things should be. Maybe so. He's but... from Serbia. Yes. Serbia. But I did see at the parade, he kind of 
was in better spirits seeing all the fans and everything. He was happy to be out there. Had a little more alcohol in him. Yeah, that too, probably. Um, yeah, it was kind of, it felt like kind of a foregone conclusion once it was the Nuggets versus the Heat. Like the Heat yeah. were playing with house money and they did an incredible job just to get that far from the eight seed. You can't ask much more from them. Um, in other professional basketball news, Isaiah Mosley has been added to the uh, Mizzou alum TBT team, the basketball tournament. So he will be maybe playing with uh, DeAndre Golston, John Tay Porter, and Jordan Geist. Yeah. I gotta. I just got to say this. Uh, somebody commented in, like, in response to that tweet, the announcement tweet, and just and said, will he play? Like, is he going to play? And I'm like 99% sure Isaiah Mosley, the actual Isaiah Mosley, responded and said, probably not, LOL. <laughs> so he's a good sport. I'm assuming that's really him. Yeah. Uh, that was a, an interesting response. I, so I don't really know what this team is or how serious it is, but... I don't know what this team is, but I'm going to try to find a way to watch whatever this <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, whatever it is. I mean, I'm sure I would enjoy watching it. So I want to see Jonte back on the floor. Seriously. Jordan Guy still retweeting NFT stuff into my Twitter timeline every once in a while. <laughs> so good luck to him. Just holding on hope. He, he might need this TBT money. Best time to buy, probably, right? <laughs> when everyone forgot about it, yeah. he's, he's going to be rich someday. Probably. He's going to be the last laugh, man. Uh, Yeah. Definitely. Um, the NBA season is over. That means the draft is coming up. Will Kobe Brown be drafted? Where will he be drafted? That's the next story from the NBA. Uh, moving Demoy on. Hodge, maybe. Yeah, Demoy Hodge, yeah. Uh, he had a tryout or like a little, yeah, I guess tryout with the Pacers recently. That kind of got me excited. But yeah, the Lakers. He's been going to several teams, meeting with them. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I could definitely see him. He'll be one to watch, I think, in the summer league, potentially. I pretty much anything, almost anything I say about the NBA is like uh, just, you know, old man take. Well, you've spoken more about the NBA today than like the last six months combined, probably. But I genuinely maybe enjoy the summer league more than like the actual NBA playoffs. Because it feels more like college basketball because the, to you? Because it seems like the players are playing hard and like they, ha they have everything on the line and... You have like Jokic after he wins an NBA final. He's like, yeah, hey, whatever, man. I don't care. Oh, you don't think he was playing hard? Getting those triple doubles? <laughs> I think he was playing hard. <laughs> but I don't know. It just seems like the the effort is clearly there. And I don't know. Maybe these NBA players are so good that it just, they're, it just doesn't even look like they're trying. It looks effortless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you like it when it, when they're, the players aren't as good, so they have to try harder to make buckets. Yeah, I like I like <laughs> to see a few missed shots, uh, a little bit of sweat. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Okay. A little bit of full court press. Sure, sure. Some of that. Okay, so we'll be tuning into the summer league. Um, okay, moving on now to Mizzou football. Mizzou football got a commitment from a quarterback in the twenty twenty four class, Aiden Glover. 6'3", 195, three-star quarterback from Tennessee. Also had offers from Oklahoma State, Stanford, and Boston College. Yeah, I think this is a nice little pickup. Um, it's I say this every time, but it's it's always true that it's great to get the quarterback on board early and uh, kind of get him acclimated with the program, start recruiting. 
um, because he kind of becomes the face of the class in a way. And, you know, obviously it's probably the most important position in sports. Uh, it's a it's a position that you have to hit on. So uh, I'm excited about Aiden Glover. Um, I think you mentioned this, but he's from, from Tennessee. And watching his film, like, he honestly seems like a pretty gifted athlete. Obviously, anytime you're a three- or four-star recruit and you're, you know, playing in the SEC, you're going to look really good on tape. But I was impressed with him. I, I You know, he's a very mobile quarterback, and he's not a small guy. He's 6'3", almost 200 pounds. He's, I'm sure he's going to get bigger. Um, I was I was impressed. Yeah. Um, now, Kyle, the face of the class, we just lost the face of the class like three weeks ago, Daniel Kalen. I'm sure you said this about him at the time. Yeah, please don't go back and watch uh, whatever I said about Daniel Kalen because it was probably like the same exact thing, but it was true. It was true then. It but was. The face of the class just up and left for Nebraska. Yeah. But his home state school. Yeah, he's, he's from Nebraska. Um, and they just they got a new coach and everything. So they got that new coach bump. Mm-hmm. But honestly, he was kind of, you know, he was whatever. Who cares? He, Old he wasn't news. good anyway. We didn't exactly. Like him. We didn't even like him. Uh, Aiden Glover, totally, totally different prospect though. Like he was like pocket passer, statue, big arm. Aiden Glover's like better athlete, very good pocket presence. Uh, maybe not as strong of an arm, but it probably wouldn't matter because he's just finding dudes that are getting open. He does look like he's got some pretty good wide receivers he's playing with, but for the most part, um, I was impressed. So the new face of the 2024 class, Aiden Glover, welcome aboard. We'll see if he can make it to signing day. <laughs> uh, let's see here. The big news of the week is that the 2024 SEC football schedule opponents, at least, were announced. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about all the the SEC meetings with how are they going to do a schedule, eight conference games, nine conference games, all of that. So you can go back and listen to us talk about that. And at that time in the meetings, they basically couldn't come up with a long-term solution so they said in 2024 there's going to be no divisions oklahoma and texas are a part of the conference and there's going to be eight conference games so uh and they basically kicked down the road a little bit said we'll figure out the future in the future and as far as i know that post or like after 2024 schedule nothing has been decided yet is that correct? Right. As far as SEC opponents, yeah. that's correct. Or even whether they're going to do eight or nine? Yeah. Okay. So now the 2024 schedule, uh, the home games for your Missouri Tigers are against Vanderbilt, Auburn, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Your away games are at Texas A&M, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Alabama. And yeah. just to complete it real quick, the non-conference games, uh, Massachusetts, Boston College, those are going to be both at home. UMass is on the road. Is it really? Yeah. Well, <sighs> as of now, it is. I was going to say, that seems like a great candidate for a game that will be bought out or maybe played at a neutral site or just be a home game for Missouri. Yeah. They're, they're not going to go DRF, do your thing there. Yeah, I mean, they've already done that a couple times. They did that with the Memphis game. Did that with Louisiana Tech? No way we were going to we, Louisiana Tech. No, we played them at home. Right, right. but there was a game recently that they... We were going to play on the road, and it was like, why are we going to play this on the road? At Memphis, got moved to St. Louis or yeah, something like that? Yeah, that was one, but I think there was one other one. But 
Uh, they're also playing Buffalo and Murray State in non-conference. Yeah. yeah. So um, instant reaction, I felt like this was pretty manageable, honestly. Whenever you're uh, talking about divisions not being a thing anymore, you can't hide behind the SEC East, which has the last decade been considerably weaker than the West. Um, in the last couple of years, honestly, the East has probably been pretty comparable. But um, yeah, so I think this could have gone a lot worse, to be honest. Obviously, playing Alabama, that's that's a loss, <laughs> but uh, barring something really surprising. But everything on else on the list, like I'm not sure there's any other like automatic losses. You know, you get Oklahoma at home. I think that's the one that everybody was pointing to as probably the most fun matchup uh, mm-hmm. a team that you haven't played in a long time that's kind of an old rival um was the last time they played in columbia the 2010 game i that was coming to mind but it i might have been yeah i'm really not sure so we might have to double check that one but yeah. uh either way um that's that's a really fun matchup um getting oklahoma uh coming back to como and honestly i think that's that's a tough but winnable game yeah keeping arkansas on the schedule I was kind of expecting that, even yeah. though it wasn't necessarily guaranteed. Uh, getting Auburn at home is interesting. So we will have played Auburn three times in three seasons. Is that right? I don't know. We played... Two of three. Yeah, okay. Uh, and good to see Vanderbilt on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, so I wish that one could have been an away game. Probably, yeah. But we'll I'd take it. That. But as far as those those four home games... You got to like your chances in all three of those. Um, always going to be Arkansas. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, exactly. And a uh, good opportunity to kind of beat a big name at home with yeah. Oklahoma and Auburn. Yeah, we're going off of strictly projections at this point. We haven't, you know, there's, it's, we don't even know how good these teams are going to be in 2023, much less in 24. But same, we're making stuff up based on uh, historical performances. This seems like a, a very manageable schedule for an all SEC schedule. Yeah, I like uh, I like keeping South Carolina on the schedule. It's interesting uh, how few SEC East teams yeah. are here. Yeah, that's a game. So that we is going to be kind of weird. We win every year anyway, as well. So yeah. uh, no Georgia, no Florida, no Tennessee, no Kentucky. That's what I was going to say. Was it's going to be really strange um, not playing? Yeah, I mean we've only been in the SEC for ten years, but I'm already you know look forward to kind of those matchups against yeah. the teams that maybe historically we haven't played a lot. Yeah. Um, I still kind of felt like those yearly matchups against Kentucky and Florida and Tennessee were fun, um, but we'll still obviously play them in the future, but but none of them will, we will face in 24. All we got to do is beat Vanderbilt at home and South Carolina Road and undefeated in the East, go to the SEC championship. There you go. I mean, honestly... We have four non-conference games, Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, which they probably will not be as good as they were when we played them a couple of years ago. Um, most likely home against Massachusetts. That's probably four wins or should be four Needs wins. Be. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, you're talking about beating Vanderbilt, Arkansas, South Carolina. You're looking at six, seven wins right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can find eight wins here. Easy. Easy. That's a little scary, but. It's there. Don't give me expectations. <laughs> no, way too early for that. Let's get through 2023 first. And don't give the Missouri Tiger Tigers expectations either. No, they're going to lose every game as far as anybody is. If if the media says we want all the chips on the shoulders, basically. Yeah, we do. I'm, I'm getting I'm nervous sure about it will be. all this talk. 
there's some rumblings all this talk about Missouri being good this year. And first of all, I want to be the only one saying that. <laughs> Is that self? That's kind of selfish of me, but I want everybody else doubting. And I want us to be like, yeah, we know we actually believe in them. They're going to be good. And then they use that negative energy from everybody else to get them fired up and then actually be good. Exactly. Well, I just want to say we knew they were going to be good before last season even started. I'll never forget previewing that defense on that lovely August afternoon and thinking, did we just really overdo that? Yeah. Like getting nervous because... It, we couldn't help ourselves but get very excited yeah. about the, the defense last year. Yeah. It was right on and the they might have been even better than we made them look. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in some of the preliminary uh, SEC media, like podcast type stuff going on that's, that's going on this summer, I've, I've seen a lot of love for Missouri, and I, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with um, that defense and, and who's returning. But, uh, it's a they're kind of they're kind of the like sexy dark horse pick where it's like on oh, a team that's usually this good but yeah. they could be so and I'm only joking I love to see the the love for yeah. the the good returning players and the staff and everything it if they uh, this would be the year though to kind of turn it around and this would be the year <laughs> <laughs> um I had something else to say about the 2024 schedule it. Is it possible that this 2024 schedule is going to be like just kind of its own thing and then moving forward, like we could have some weird matchups in back-to-back years because it's like in 2025, we're starting this new rotation of schedules that projects out 20 years. Right. Yeah. That's the, sounds like that's the plan. And exactly. uh, I think that there is a little bit of just like kind of figure out the integration of texas and oklahoma and kind of just resetting the what we have been doing and starting a new thing it could we could definitely be playing some teams you several like times do you like having oklahoma at home in 2024 versus texas or do yeah. you have a preference there I, I mean not necessarily but um i'm glad we're getting them at home uh because to your point we have no idea i don't think they're gonna when they start this new cycle in 25 assuming that's what happens I don't think they're going to say like, well, Missouri just hosted Oklahoma. Like, I think it's just yeah. everything's out the window. We're yeah. starting. We don't care what happened yeah. in 2024. It was a weird, like, you know, a kind of a transition bridge, year, bridge year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I like that we do get Oklahoma, our Big Twelve, uh, our former Big Twelve foe at at home. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, man, this this schedule is looking nice. The only thing, let's just get rid of some of these non-conference games that nobody cares about and let's get kansas nebraska and illinois on the schedule yeah and that's my dream patience man it's coming that's true but i agree it does feel like we should be seeing illinois anytime now i can't remember when that contract kicks in but i think it's still a few years away (laughs) (laughs) they announce that stuff too early they do like it's gonna we're gonna have a whole new football team whole probably whole new coach Whole new AD, like whole new staff, like everything will be completely different. That's basically what happened with this UMass game. It's yeah. like uh, Jim Sterk. We're like, what are you doing, buddy? Yeah. Like, did you know you were on the way out? And you're like, let's schedule a game at UMass. Jim Sterk, by the way, in the news, uh, got the AD job at Western Wisconsin or something. Western Wisconsin? <laughs> no. I've never heard of that. Western Kentucky, maybe? Was it a Western? I think it was Western. Okay. Northwestern? No, no. It wasn't that. 
Western Washington. I knew it was uh, alliteration. I knew wow. it was WW. Is that even like Division One? I? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, if history repeats, I'm sure he will like go over there and like win a national championship and be really great. Yeah. Good Just luck like to him. What's his face did Mac Rhodes? Yes, he won a national championship at, well, in basketball at least. Yeah, actually, <laughs> and they had a good football team at Baylor too. Um. Yeah. Anything else about this 2024 football schedule? I've got some basketball stuff to talk about, but I don't want to move on too quick here. It does kind of feel like we are getting unbelievably close to talking about like like previewing this season. Mm-hmm. Like we're 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 pretty much getting into that zone. So mm-hmm. uh, here in the next few weeks, it's it's going to be go time on this season. Is is now. It is, the weirdest thing is probably not seeing Georgia on the schedule because that was like, it, it did feel, I mean, obviously the last several years, it's like, okay, who, who is competing for second place in the East? Yeah. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. And I honestly didn't look at Georgia's schedule. I don't know who they're, uh, somebody had to have gotten shafted. I feel like uh, I saw somebody talking about how Florida's schedule is really difficult Sounds good. I like um, that. But yeah, I want some of those good teams to, you know, be just beating up on each other up there at the top. Yeah. And I'm intrigued to see how it all shakes out towards the end of the season, like the race for the SEC championship yeah. opponents. Yeah. And with a manageable schedule, never know. Wow. Heard it here first. Might be in the conversation. Two years early. <laughs> no, this time next year, we'll be talking about that. Okay, so moving on to basketball for a little bit. Uh, if you listened last week, I made a birthday wish that John Bowl would commit to the Missouri Tigers. He announced last Saturday, and I said, uh, if he doesn't commit to Mizzou and like commits to Florida or something, then then it's birthday wishes never again. It's a curse, actually. That was your one birthday wish, unfortunately. And John Bull committed to the Florida Gators last Saturday. Yeah, Cam, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to say this, but are you sure you know your birthday? It was my birthday. It actually was. And I don't I guess I'm not allowed to have birthday wishes. Might want to double check that birth certificate. We maybe we needed to have a cake and a candle to wish upon. Yeah. Something. You'd have like a circle of candles in here get something kind of creepy going yeah might have to actually do a proper ritual next yeah time. a ritual so john bull was going to be a florida gator not a missouri tiger i honestly didn't really see that coming i was like half joking thinking like oh he'll probably actually go to the other sec opponent in his top five yeah and sure that's enough what that's happened. what happened um i forgot what i forgot the other uh like final five i wish he would have just gone overtime, to elite. overtime elite <laughs> yeah that's the one that's still in my mind uh so yeah big miss there and there was some rumors and rumblings that Missouri had a decent shot there. I think that's probably true. Who knows what the situation is with NIL and all that stuff. But unfortunately, he's going to Florida. Um, and last week, I said that I kind of wanted to sort of get our heads around the basketball roster as it stands right now uh, with the departure of Isaiah Mosley and Caleb Brown coming back. It does seem like we've pretty much got our roster for next season 
and um, Coach Gates has been tweeting videos of practice and stuff like that. So it really does seem like we're moving forward with this squad. And I have sort of listed out the top five guys that I think, as of right now, the way too early starting lineup predictions. And I'll just go through it real quick. I've got Nick Honor, Caleb Grill, John Tanjay, Noah Carter, and Connor Vanover as the game one starting five for the Missouri Tigers. What do you think about that? I think you nailed it. Okay. I really, uh, I really think that that's a great guess. Nick Honor got the point guard spot locked down. Yeah, I mean, down. like three or four of those guys, it's like pretty automatic. Yeah. Noah Carter got the four spot locked down. Tanji, I think, has the three spot locked down. Probably. Maybe Tamar Bates. Tamar Bates, Caleb Grill could go either way. I went with Grill, just he's the senior playing his fifth year, and uh, he seems the most capable of getting close to Des Moines Hodge production as far as like the 3 and D guy. Um, I watched a little bit of his highlights recently when I was kind of just looking over the roster, and I think he's going to excite the Missouri fan base with his three-point shooting and his aggressiveness on defense, and I think he is like a prototypical Dennis Gates player. Yeah. Maybe not like not quite as perfect as Des Moines Hodge as far as fitting exactly what Dennis Gates wants out of the out of like a wing scorer, but it's like just slightly less than that. And then coming off the bench, I think we're gonna have a pretty deep roster when you look at these names coming off the bench. Sean East, I think, is your sixth man. Because he can come in and play alongside Nick Honor or take over the point guard spot if needed. Um, Tamar Bates is a very talented player sitting there on the bench ready to come in at the wing. Jesus Carrillero, I think, coming in for Connor Vanover, providing something a little bit different. Um, I think, interestingly, even with their size difference, I could see uh, Carrillero being more of this like crafty post finisher and playing more of that inside-out game versus Connor Vanover is like a stretch five, the stretchiest stretch five you've ever seen. Very stretchy. Uh, And then we have Aiden Shaw, Kurt Lewis, and Caleb Brown as guys who are not freshmen, but I'm not sure what their role is going to be exactly. So they're kind of in this group of three guys that they could – surprise and maybe it wouldn't necessarily be a surprise for Aiden Shaw but the other two I could see them having a role but it would take um a pretty noticeable step up in their production yeah to crack the rotation regularly I think yeah I think uh going into last season um DeAndre Golston honestly might have been the guy that we were like I don't know what to do with him whenever we were kind of projecting out minutes in the lineup and that kind of stuff. I We weren't really sure where he was going to fit in, um, which in retrospect looks a little silly because of how um, meaningful he was to the team and what he did contribute, especially in big moments mm-hmm. randomly. Uh, I wonder if Kurt Lewis might be a candidate for that. Um, great Juco player, but you know that's a big step. Um, Sean East looked like he was able to make that step at times other times i think he struggled and kind of fell out of relevancy maybe down the stretch a little bit but 
Kurt Lewis is a bigger, probably more athletic, explosive player than Sean East. He might be able to get in there and kind of bang around um, even better than Sean East did last year. But it's but the the path to minutes might be might be pretty tough for him. Yeah, I think uh, I think the staff is just going to want Sean East's ball handling and like guard defense or like perimeter defense yeah. on the floor quite a bit. Yeah, Lewis is probably more of a wing. Yeah, but um, he's definitely a guy that could break through. When you're talking about this group of like Grill, Tanjay, Bates, and Lewis, those four guys kind of competing at the two and three spots, Mm -hmm. um, I think Lewis could be in the mix there for sure. And then uh, the last three guys here are the freshmen. Anthony Robinson, the guard, uh, wing, Trent Pierce, and the forward slash center, Jordan Butler. The beautiful thing about the uh, having a well-built roster is you've got talented freshmen that you probably won't really have to rely on in year one. Oh, that's so nice. That's something that we haven't really seen much of um, in the last few years. It's like these guys are could be good but we need them immediately and we're gonna just throw them into the fire or it's like uh this freshman we've either had freshmen who are have a decent recruiting profile and like we're happy to have them but they're asked to do too much too early or we have a freshman who was like not ranked and it's questionable whether they should even have a scholarship at Mizzou. But they practice hard, so they get to play. Exactly. So that's what we've been used to for the last uh, last little while here. So it's good to see a change of pace there. Yeah. Um, Anthony Robinson, I hope that he gets to get a little bit of experience in the non-conference. Like hopefully we're blowing out a few teams and he can come and run point a little bit uh, late in garbage time in some of these games. Uh, Jordan Butler, I could because we didn't go out and get like obviously i hope that connor vanover and the like vanover carlero like basically tag team at the five i hope that works really well but there's you know it wouldn't be crazy if jordan butler impresses enough with his size and skill to crack the rotation from time to time Uh, and then trent pierce on the wing is definitely the most polished and i would say like offensively skilled of the freshman and he has just been rocketing up the uh, recruiting rankings and stuff since committing to mizzou um but that's sort of that three four spot is probably where we're deepest potentially so yeah um the other two guys maybe have a easier path to playing time uh but trent pierce has is most likely to have the skill set that demands minutes. Yeah, I agree with that. But I like I like the situation there with all three of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think Trent Pierce is one of the most polished recruits that Missouri has had since maybe that 2017 season. Um, he is really, really looks like he's got some incredible potential. Uh, the way that he can score at 6'10". Maybe he's taller than that. I'm not even sure. But fantastic shooter and very mobile. I'm trying to not let myself get too excited about his future, especially just with the landscape of college basketball. Like He maybe needs a year to develop. Mm-hmm. To And like you said, the, the path to the minutes 
this upcoming season might be difficult. But if we're able to hang on to him for a couple of seasons, I think his ceiling is really, really high. Yeah, no, I, I'm saying get excited, honestly. Um, assuming he, you know, assuming everything works out and he stays at Mizzou for a few seasons, um, I think he's definitely a player two, three years from now that we're talking about um, all-conference type player, uh, you know, top five in the league in scoring sort of thing. Yeah. I think he has that in his range of outcomes for sure. Um, one player that I player that I may be most excited for this upcoming season is Noah Carter. He was kind of playing in the background to Kobe Brown this past season, understandably. And for him to come back with his shooting ability and his size, um, I think he has an opportunity to I think I could see him being the leading scorer. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be very balanced scoring and like between Carter, Caleb Grill, Tanjay, any of these guys could go off for 25 points in any, at any time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how last year's team was. We, obviously, you had Kobe Brown who averaged 15, 16 points per game. Yeah. But Golston could go off. Uh, Hodge could go off. I think it's it's just nice offensively to have these this caliber of player that even if uh if Caleb Grill's shot not falling for one night Noah Carter steps up if Tanjay's just inefficient for a stretch those other two guys can knock down baskets yeah I think the only reason Noah Carter is not going to play 35 minutes a game is because he's kind of a liability on defense but his ability to score is ridiculous yeah and I remember even with the talent that we had last year even with the high volume shooters in Demoy Hodge and Kobe Brown, uh, Noah Carter just sometimes seemed like he would be the one to get us out of a slump. Yes, or maybe to start us off. Like, yes, it seems like there was a several games where, you know, we we'd have fourteen points and you'd look up and Noah Carter had twelve of them. Yeah. you know, just to start the game or something. So, um, he's a great offensive threat, and I definitely agree with you that he could be the leading scorer and maybe should be. Yeah. So. All in all, I don't think uh, if this is the roster that we go into next season with, um, it's still way too early to really predict too much, obviously. But I would say without the star power of Kobe Brown and just his ability to do everything and what he turned into last season, we could only hope that a guy emerges like that every year i mean it's unrealistic yeah. to think yeah. that a guy's just going to take that kind of jump from being a solid d1 player to a star that has nba potential yeah. uh, in one off season but maybe this is a more balanced team overall i would have really liked to have a more and maybe maybe this won't be a big deal but i would have liked to have hit on one of those big men in the transfer portal before even if even if these guys are great, the vibes right now are we missed on five guys before yep. uh, ending up with Carlero and uh, Vanover. Yeah, I think that's one hundred percent what happened, and there's really no getting away from that. But um, and I think Dennis Gates has proven that he can take a group of guys and and make them perform better than anyone thinks they're going to, and he's kind of shown that everywhere he's been so far. So. Uh, I'm not going to – I don't think this team is probably as good as last season, probably definitely doesn't have the ceiling that last season's team had, but I definitely think this could be a really solid group still. 
it is interesting that last year we talked about the team being like we were saying oh ncaa tournament bubble it yeah. seems right about where we can expect this team to be and probably on the same episode we were talking about how much of an impact isaiah mosley was going to make yeah and they did that without him right yeah so, they, they got to a place we probably didn't think they could get to and they really did it in a way that we did not expect at all exactly so that is that fact alone has me excited for next year to be like yep yeah this roster as i'm looking at it right now i'm seeing a bubble team at best right and if everything goes perfect maybe we're solidly on the good side of the bubble but i wouldn't count on it and if this team does not make the ncaa tournament i'm not panicking yeah it's like knowing how good kobe was last year and demoy hodge and we still were like what were we a seven seed we still like you know it just felt like we were fighting to the end to make sure we weren't on the bubble yeah that makes me feel like uh about we probably just aren't gonna have that like dream season that it felt like we had this past year but i'm not i'm not gonna count them out and finishing top it, it was weird because like the top three in the conference there was a bit of a gap between the top three and fourth where missouri was like separated themselves from that middle of the pack to go up and grab that last buy in the conference tournament and um i think there's other seasons where the fourth team in the league is considerably better than like five through eight and i would say whichever team ended up in fourth this past season there wasn't much separating yeah, them could from have been on like eighth could have been several teams that that got in there yeah but still, uh, not to take away anything from last year. I mean, best season since joining the SEC. I just don't think we can necessarily expect that with uh, with the lack of star power. One of these guys is going to have to prove that they're the guy that can take over a game and win it in crunch time, which hopefully they will. First NCAA win as an SEC team. Yikes. Like, we talked about how long it was, but for some reason that didn't really hit me. Yeah. Like, first... First win representing the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to go back there. Yeah. Oof, I'm getting flashbacks to that Princeton game now. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I don't know how I can move on from this mentally. (laughs) We're just going to have to end the show, I think. (laughs) Uh, Anything else? Nothing else. Wow. We'll get them next year. (laughs) What a terrible note to end on. Uh, a special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keen, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, and Cooper Boyer. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Google Podcast. We're on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.